the one who knocks. Pop, pop. Oh, no. <laughs> Why don't you do something with your life? You contribute nothing to society. Good morning, Vietnam! Some people without brains do an awful lot of talking, don't they? You know my code. Hose before bros. You can't handle the truth. Buzz your girlfriend. Woof. Nobody calls me mad dog. Especially not some dooted up egg sucking gutter trash. Hello and welcome to My First Time, the podcast all about the gaps in our pop culture resume. Each episode, as our panel sits down to debate, dispute and discuss a much-loved classic, they'll be joined by the first-timer, someone who's never before experienced that cultural icon. Will they see what the fuss is or just be left wondering, what the hell was that? My name is Dan and I'm joined each and every week by Eden. Yo, yo. Eden. I'm back, baby. You're back. (laughs) How's the house, by the way? Is it much missing? Uh, yeah, there's a bit of damage, but we move on. We press on. Oh, man. If you've got donations of old furniture you'd like to send <laughs> in, uh, just not, send that. It's not that bad. I'm happy living out of a cardboard box. I don't really mind. <laughs> nah, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's all good. And this week, we're heading out to the deep waters of the sea with Liv Watson as we discuss the Steven Spielberg classic, Jaws. Liv, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Jaws. Never seen it? Not really? a thing for you? Hasn't been, no. I um, somehow managed to avoid this cult classic my whole life. and uh, Deliberately? Like, had you had well, uh, chances to watch it and then you were just like, no, this is not for me? I don't know if it's entirely deliberate, but I definitely have a huge shark fear that's probably put me off watching it for, for most of that time. Yeah. I'm not really sure why I picked now to watch it, considering <laughs> we've had the most number of shark sightings off Adelaide's metro beaches that I seem to have ever heard of before. Is that just me or...? Have you guys been I don't know. following Shark Watch no, on Facebook? I, no, yeah, okay. I don't. I don't. Watch it. Just why, me. <laughs> why do you follow Shark Watch if oh, you're scared of sharks? I don't know. Isn't it better just I'm to not know? Hypervigilant. Just want to know where to swim. <laughs> Where not to swim, you know. Where's uh, where's bad for swimming? In well, apparently everywhere. I mean, there was one scene off Semaphore Beach like two weeks ago, like ten meters out from shore. Maybe not ten, but very close. Like a great white. Like yes, the apparently. Shark in Jaws. Wow. Well, wow. I don't know if it was as bad as that one, but anyway, uh, that is very terrifying. <laughs> yeah, sharks are scary. Yeah. I don't know what, what I don't know. This is silent. What's our take on the beach? Do, are you guys beach lovers? <laughs> what do you mean? What's the, our take on the beach? What's the deal with the beach? Yeah, like what is the deal with the beach? <laughs> uh, I'm not a huge beach fan. As uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'm not just a big swimming fan in general. But the beach is very relaxing. I love going for walks on the beach and things. Is that what you're sort of getting at? You want yeah, me to, I don't know. Like, me to rate yeah, the beach? Yeah, like do you <laughs> swim? Like do you Five swim stars. at the beach? Yeah. Just, and thinking, nah, there's sharks. I'd just rather be in a pool. Oh, That's like, me, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I, I will go like waist deep. A shark in your mind gen- the whole oh, time while you're at the beach. Yes. Constantly. Yeah. Is this? Am I unusual? Uh, is this irrational? Sea of fear, like, maybe. If Sharks I'm swimming on... in the ocean, I'm forever thinking about the possibility of a shark. Yeah. Eden, have you ever even been on a beach? Come on. Yes. Yes, I have. I like the beach. Your complexion doesn't say that. <laughs> I'm pretty ish tan, don't I? <laughs> it's just your black arm hair. Yeah, it's Casting true. shadow. <laughs> no, I like the beach. I like it a lot. But if I go in the water, I am thinking about sharks. But I think about sharks more since the first time I saw Jaws. Mm. Okay. When yeah. was the first time you saw Jaws? Uh, probably like 2010-ish. Yeah, like Recent-ish. Yeah, it's not that long ago. But... Aiden, you? Oh, uh, well, I... I, I 
I've never watched it in its entirety. I've definitely seen big chunks. I reckon I've watched like big chunks. Yeah. Lol. <laughs> I see what I did there. Um, yeah, I've, I reckon I've watched like an hour on TV and then gone ah oh, flick or whatever. But so yeah, yesterday or the day before then to answer your question, Dan. Yeah, I'm the same. I think I've seen like little bits and pieces on the uh, late night, you know, free to air. But yeah, first time I've ever watched it. Go to woe. Uh, yeah, it was interesting. But before we uh, to actually talk about Jaws, uh, Liv, we like to do something here to let our listeners get to know our guests. Uh, as, you know, they've pretty much got an idea of what we're about now. I've got uh, 10 pop culture yes-nos for you. I'm just going to say something and you need to give it a yes or a no. And that just helps our listeners to know whether you are a trustworthy voice <laughs> okay. in this podcast. All right. Ready? Yep. John Candy. Yes. The Muppets Save Manhattan. No. Neighbours. No. Burt Newton. No. Finn Diesel. No. Days of Our Lives. No. Jermaine Greer. Yes. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, well, lately, no. Taylor Swift. No. Keeping Up Appearances. Yes. <laughs> That's it. Well done. It's a fail in my book, that but whatever. tough. Yeah, no to Burt Newton. Wow. Oh, I don't know. Burt Newton, if you're listening, we would love to have you on the podcast. Yes. We want your side of the story, Bert. <laughs> What's the other side of the story? Well, the other well, side of the moon face. Oh, right. yeah. <laughs> Keeping up appearances got a resounding yes. Oh, yeah. it's a great show. It's just, yeah, my childhood was full of the Bouquet family. It's like wholesome family fun. And I'm from a family that we weren't allowed to watch things like Jaws, you know, too scary. Yeah. But British BBC drama, comedies, whatever it is, fine. I like that show because every episode is essentially the same thing. Yeah. Like the same yes. comedic bits yeah, in Someone every always goes, episode. oh, hello, yeah. Mrs. Bucket. <laughs> And she looks annoyed and goes, it's bouquet. There's always a phone call from her son who's yeah. like a closeted gay or she's in denial. There's always a neighbour hiding from her. Yeah. There's always Richard just getting... Yeah. And Daisy and Onslow always have a problem that she gets drawn into. <laughs> oh, it's genius. Anyway, that is not what we're here to talk about today. As much as I think I now want to do a Keeping Up Appearances oh, yeah. podcast, we might get you back for that, Liv. I'd be keen. Let's uh, talk about Jaws, but before we do, if you are listening and you've never before seen Jaws, here's a little bit of a rundown for you. It's the movie that made two repeating musical notes synonymous with shark attacks. Jaws, the 1975 thriller from fledgling director Steven Spielberg, terrified audiences and for years made people just a little more paranoid during their summer swims, apparently still in 2018. <laughs> the film takes place during summer tourist season on Amity Island, where the annual holiday season props up the town economy. Which, of course, means a great white shark ripping swimmers to shreds is bad for business. So bad, in fact, that the local mayor tries to cover up the shark deaths, much to the chagrin of new police chief Martin Brody. But the cover-up doesn't last long, and soon Chief Brody, played by Roy Schneider, you know, the captain from Sequest DSV, you know, the show with the talking dolphin, <laughs> never mind, is tasked with forming a shark death squad. He teams up with grizzled shark hunter Quint and scientist Matt Hooper, played by Richard Dreyfus, to kill the shark one. And for all. The movie Jaws was a phenomenal success. Unexpectedly, it became the highest grossing movie in history until Star Wars and was truly the first summer blockbuster, causing studios to reimagine what a blockbuster film looked like and leading to a slew of inferior imitators and knockoffs, including three critically panned sequels of its own. 
But it didn't look to be all-conquering Dune production. The film went hugely over budget and 159 days over schedule. They had frequent problems with the mechanical sharks, more than just the surface. Gee, that shark looks pretty fake issues. And the script itself was being written on the fly overnight, with many of the final scenes and lines being based on the actors' improvisations. Spielberg even thought that by the end of production, he would never be given the opportunity to direct another film. But $470 million at the box office and three Academy Awards later, Jaws is regarded by many critics as one of the great American films. But today, it is not about those critics. It's about our first-timer. So, what did you make of it, Liv? Is Jaws a razor-sharp thriller with enough bite in 2018 or just a toothless old gummy shark to throw back in the water? <laughs> um, I actually loved it. Oh, Surprisingly. I, I, well, maybe my expectations were pretty low, um, but I was genuinely scared for a lot of the film and actually on the edge of my seat at times. I think... That could be maybe that I really thought it was going to be the worst movie ever. Perhaps that was why I'd avoided it for so long, compounded by my shark fear. But I think I was expecting for a film made in 1975, so that's 43 years ago, I expected the special effects to be far worse than they were. So I was actually sort of surprised and slightly impressed, Hmm. but I don't know. Yeah, that's fair. What's everyone else's take on how the, the thrills hold up? I was so bored. <laughs> I knew you would say that. Yeah, look, I'm not great with old stuff and or old people for that matter. But I I just it just did not have the pace that I needed. It was so slow and not because the storyline was slow, it's just that like even the parts that they wanted to be scary and wanted to have me on the edge of my seat. I just wasn't. Were there any scares for you at all? Because we know that you don't handle a movie scare very well. No, but I just didn't even see this as scary. Like, I could recognise that even though um, The Shining was old, I was still terrified because it was a horror film. This was a supposed thriller, but I would say it was a supposed... Kids what film. about when like the the, the like there's a, there's a scene where they're looking underwater into yeah. the boat and suddenly the like face appears with the wormy eye? Yeah. You yeah. were just looking at your phone then. I didn't no, even think was... you saw that. No, I did see that. I did see that and it and it I went, "Oh, there was a little element, but a little like jump. that was after 2 hours of just sitting there. Right. 2 hours. <laughs> you're long, you're you a know. renowned old cinema hater. Mm. Eden, what about you? How do you think the uh, the uh, shocks hold? I don't necessarily think the shocks hold up. That shock definitely and that moment, especially if you haven't seen it where the shark is sort of seen for the first time properly when it's just like behind uh, what's his name? Roy Scheider? Yeah, Schneider. Bro- uh, what's his name? Brody. Brody. Chief Brody. Yeah, Chief Brody. When it appears behind Chief Brody, that moment is the one that gets me. Is that, that the of... one where he does the really long, like, he just sort of jumps back and there's this, like... Yeah. Or is that a bit later? Oh, I can't there's that, remember. Just like, there's, like, an out-of-focus shot. There's, like, a shot, basically, of uh, Brody on the boat and... It just kind of changes focus to reveal the shark in the background. You can actually see it. For oh the first yeah, that's time. earlier than the big, yeah. like long see, take. The actual is. shark itself wasn't what scared me. It was everything around the shark. It was the underwater, the, the water, and water, the yeah. blood. The, maybe it was the water. Maybe I'm just really afraid of water. <laughs> I'm not sure. That that could be it. Yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah. I I'm with you, Liv. I think that it's more tense and interesting when you don't see the shark. Yeah. Like, I, the shark looks pretty crap. Well, I agree, but terrible. I think that that bit when it's, like, just behind him where, like, yeah, he yeah. is none the wiser is a nice reveal, like, a nice moment. I don't think the scares sort of hold up. 
But I think the movie is great because I love 70s movies. <laughs> it's hard. I really want to be... I'd love to go back in time and see that through the eyes of a 1970-something mm. cinema goer. Are they looking at that shark like, man, that is a cool shark. <laughs> like, that shark rules. <laughs> well, even Spielberg said that he thought the shark looked lame yeah. and that's why he didn't use it as much in the film and instead relied on the music to sort of imply that the mm. shark was there because well, even he thought it looked lame. Well, we've mentioned that, haven't we, before in the podcast that like not showing the thing is better than throwing heaps of CGI at it because it creates tension. And arguably, he invented that style with this film because I don't know that that had sort of been explored much before. And I love the fact that even though the music, like you were just mentioning the music, is always there, that kind of like ominous, those two notes. It's not overused and there isn't really much other music in it. I like that kind of quiet 70s film. I, I like the famous Jaws theme. Oh, yeah. But then there were moments at that final third of the film where they're just hunting Jaws on the boat where there's this, like, really jaunty, happy music. Yes, there's this, like, jovial scene where they're, like, about to get eaten by a shark and I thought they were all actually going to die at this point. And there's this sort of triumphant orchestral, like... Jiggy kind yeah. of music. I, yeah. I didn't understand. It's the sort of music strange. you put in a kid's film when the like hero <laughs> but, is just about yeah. to triumph. I thought that. But I wondered if maybe being a 70s film, there was sort of limited sort of musical options. All they had was an orchestra. That sort of seemed to be it. There was nothing sort of added to that. I don't know what the level of musical effects That's were. That's true. I don't know whether they used pop culture music in movies much before yeah, that I, point. I don't know. It was definitely Unless Elvis all was in the film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or, you, or unless they were setting a scene, like or it was a 50s movie, then yeah, you'd have 50s yeah. music. But. Kubrick used a lot of just like classical music that he could get his hands on. I think this is the first time that John Williams and Steven Spielberg collaborated. Yeah. John Williams, how, how many famous film oh. composers are there? Like two or three? But he's done so much. Hans like, Zimmerman. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Danny Elfman. Danny yes. Elfman. And, yeah, John Williams. Well, what other movies? Uh, you're on the internet there. Go bring up some other big ones for John Williams for us, Oh, well, Aiden. Oh, there's so many. Please while, hold. while you do that, uh, let's talk Roy Schneider. Anyone else just remember him from Sequest DSV? Absolutely. That was my only context. But I loved that show. That was, what, 90s? I feel like Definite when I was 90s. young. And Jonathan Brandis, who was a bit of a teen heartthrob yeah, at the yeah. time, I think was, was the blonde the kid, guy. He but would he was talk a to the dolphin? I, th- I think. I might need to check, fact check that. Listen to these nerds, Aiden. <laughs> you I know the show. I, I love Sequest DSV. You know plenty about but Sequest what if it wasn't about? I can't recall. I remember loving it. There's a submarine with a dolphin in it? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. Dolphins should be outside the submarine, though. But couldn't it, like, swim outside the submarine and then swim back in? Uh, I, I have no memory. I don't know. I just know I loved it. I was the same. It didn't have a shark in it. That must be why. Do you, do you guys want us to leave? Me and Aiden, yeah, yeah, yeah. we could come back once you guys Let, finished. This podcast is now about keeping up appearances <laughs> and Sequest DSV. Just childhood memories of 90 shows. <laughs> and what did you think of the beach? <laughs> uh, you got some John Williams for us there? Yeah, so I guess I'll just hit you with all the big ones because there's some, some films I've never heard of, but let's go with the iconic ones. Of course, Jaws. Uh, then he was involved with Star Wars. Then Jaws 2. Oh. Superman, which has that real huge, big, iconic one. Um, you got Raiders of the Lost Ark, E.T., mm. uh, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom as well, uh, Empire Strikes Back, more Indiana Jones, Home Alone. Home Alone. Uh, nice. He did Schindler's List as well, didn't he? Uh, um, I 
month. Yes, he did. Yes, mm. yes, Schindler's mm. List, Hook, <laughs> um, Home Alone two, dominating. Uh, That's probably enough. Jurassic Park. <laughs> All right, we're done. We're done. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> um, Richard Dreyfus, uh, the other sort of leading actor. Thoughts? Mm. Well, my context of him was the film Mr. Holland's Opus, oh, which film. I watched. I love that. Yeah, he was a music teacher, and I don't know. That was probably what twenty years ago. Yeah, nineties, early nineties. He was maybe. a pretty old dude then. But I must say, I kind of thought he was a little bit attractive in Jaws. I mean, he rocks in his double denim, his little like knitted sort of black beanie, like this cool oceanographer dude. They he's got a hipster vibe, doesn't he? Definite yeah. hipster. Well, yeah. I think the, the the captain calls him a hippie at one point. Like he's the the cool young whippersnapper. Oh man, I love some of the. Oh no, I want to. I'm going to say that. I want to talk a bit more about Dreyfus in this, but very short. I thought. Very I've short, never noticed yeah. how yeah. short he was yeah. before this film does that does I that notice that does that subtract <laughs> from the attractiveness <laughs> uh look no it, it just added to his appeal i think it made him more endearing <laughs> oh. look, he's not really my type and i can't help but not like i can't help but think of him as mr holland <laughs> you know in the context of this film he was cute i've never seen him in anything really he's in heaps of stuff oh. uh close encounters of the third yeah. kind he's is another that's his next collaboration with spielberg Fun fact I uh, encountered while doing a bit of research for the intro, he declined Jaws and then was in, he was filming some other movie. He gets to the the screening of it, the post-edit, thinks it's so bad and thinks he's done so badly that if he doesn't accept Jaws, then he'll just never get another major role. Like he thinks it'll sink his career. It ends up doing really well. But yeah, so he takes Jaws only as like a a Hail Mary on his career. I see your fact, and I raise you another Jaws fact. All right, give me another Jaws fact. I found it interesting when uh, looking into Jaws, when I was bored and on my phone during the film, that uh, you know how we always go to the movies like on a Thursday? That's the day when all the films come out on a Thursday, and it's pretty much the same day all around the world, essentially. Well, up until Jaws, films weren't released like that. They were like in just different areas. They would go to one cinema, then they would Uh, work on... Regional releases. Yeah, if it was successful, it would go to the next cinema and it would slowly work its way around America and then on to the rest of the world. Jaws was the very first film to be released in every cinema in America on the same day and they pushed it heavily on TV to try and get everyone hyped, to try and uh, get that um, hype around the release because up until that point, it was usually like... Oh, I heard Kansas has Jaws. Oh, we're getting it next week. We're excited for that. This was a, oh, we need to push it hard cool. and release it all at once. So it's a game changer. It was a game changer in the film industry. And, and I don't know if it was Spielberg's idea, but he was definitely keen on it. He was pushing for it. I wonder if it was more or less popular in the beachside towns. Probably less. <laughs> well, I see that fact, and I'm going to raise it again. Now, Liv, you said that you are terrified of sharks and you've been noticing all these shark sightings <laughs> yes. around Adelaide. Um some of the Jaws battle scenes with the shark were filmed here in South Australia. The real wow. shark yeah. footage. Yeah. Was there any real shark footage? Yeah, yeah, there was one footage. or two bits I noticed oh. that must like have the, been ju- like, the shark is like spazzing out wow. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that a technical yeah. term? Yes. Oh, right. The, okay. the, ju- the sh- j- shark spaz out. <laughs> right. I'm not, I'm, not a, I'm not a scientist. I, I wouldn't know. No, 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 no. <laughs> Phone up on your oceanography before our next uh, shark theme podcast. Apologize for being unprepared. I'm a little rusty. Is uh, a question for you, uh, Mr. Music Man. Does the band Amity Affliction take its name from Jaws? 
No. Ah, uh, boo. I thought actually, I had it. It's actually about a friend. Amity actually means friendship. And uh, in in they... Oh, you're so boring. No one cares. <laughs> someone <laughs> someone right. died in their high school. I just wanted you to agree with my cool fact. Someone died in their high school <laughs> and the band's named after uh, their affliction. Was it a shark attack? No. Okay. No suicide, yeah. No. Back Sorry. to Jaws. Sorry to bring it down. <laughs> my, I reckon my favourite bit of the film is the first two thirds before they start Ab- chasing it. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it the character work in Amity with yep. the douchebag yep. mayor and oh, all that yep. is great. The government cover-up. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it, it lost me a bit in that scene where the kind of drunk fisherman guy who... Quint, are we allowed to spoiler Quint. alert? Who, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Who, who it, obviously it, gets it, eaten. You said this movie is 43 years old. I'm sure. If you haven't already seen it, then whatever. Yeah, so there's a scene where he goes off in this sort of rant, this drunken monologue. Which in the is town quite, hall? No, no, in the boat. Well, it's the hard boat. to understand yeah, what he's yeah. actually saying. And that, it kind of lost me there. But I, he actually was talking about some uh, mass shark attack of US soldiers. Oh, which I, I like actually that then Googled. Yeah. I sort of Googled the 1945 mass shark attack. And that was a real thing. He was actually oh. talking real facts. Do you know that? Ooh. 700 people died or something. Oh, the story. I'm whoa, not, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't whoa. know that. Whoa, whoa. I might no, have got that no, slightly wrong. No, no, no. no. <laughs> How many people died off one shark? No, like it was a mass Seven. shark attack. Eleven hundred soldiers fell off, got bombed by the Japanese, and then they all like you know some of them probably drowned. But there was apparently a mass shark attack that killed mm. hundreds of these soldiers. Wow. And so he was telling that story as if he was one of the soldiers on the ship. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was his sort of backstory. Um, yeah. Has his backstory for why he hunts sharks professionally. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I really, I loved the Quint character. Oh, amazing. I thought he was fantastic. Like just this, this Captain Ahab like <laughs> figure. The, uh, the the speech he gives in the town hall is incredible. Like I think that does, you know, I'll get your shark for you. It's not going to be cheap. Like I just like ah, <laughs> oh, I love it. He's such a stereotype, yeah. but it's so lovable, lovable stereotype. Like, I, I I was wondering, like, is this kind of where a lot of these tropes started? In this first big summer blockbuster movie, that's the character. Um, are you saying as far as like the old grumpy guy? Well, like no, just like well, the kind of the renegade grumpy guy who has the solution. You know the because I sort of see the character on The Simpsons, oh. the the, um, the, the oh the sea captain, sea captain, the sea yeah. captain based on him. Essentially. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, it's a, it's... but like there's so many of like the bad mayor, the kind of like no, you, you can't do that. We've got the big Fourth of July yeah. uh, thing. So the same scene, if you haven't seen the movie, like this woman clearly shredded by a shark. Like, yes, <laughs> and so Chief Brody, Roy Schneider, Seacrest DSV, he's closing all the beaches, and he's on a ferry where suddenly a car full of fat 70s men in terrible suits just surround him and start like putting the heavy on him to not close the beaches I and they're like so desperate they're like you know because it's going to ruin their like uh, holiday economy and uh, my favourite line was close the beaches 24 for, for 24 hours 24 hours is like 3 weeks <laughs> 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 I, I thought the exact same line was my favourite too. I love the mm. backstory, like you said, like the, yeah. the, the corruptions, the local government <laughs> corruption side of it uh, was fantastic as the mayor's trying to force. He literally at one point on the 4th of July, he's at the beach and no one's going in the water because no one wants to get eaten <laughs> by a shark. And he goes up to someone, like obviously someone on council or a friend of him, he's like, Get in the water. <laughs> he forces, essentially forces everyone into the water where this uh, shark is lurking. Either he, he was very corrupt or he just had no shark fear. I, it was yeah. one or the other. I don't know. I think both. Possibly. 
But then he's like all sad in the hospital later. Smoking, Smoking. in the hospital, by the way. That's, Did you yeah, notice that? I love that. Very 70s. <laughs> I love it. Hospital smoke. When do you reckon they did bad smoking in hospitals? I don't know. 80s? <laughs> Could doctors light up a durry back then, Surely. do you reckon? I'm sure yeah. they would Oh, yeah. Just the surgeon just having a little pu- holding the cigarette in the corner of his mouth while he yeah, sews you up. Steady in the shakes. <laughs> <laughs> Need it. When you were talking about favourite lines, I couldn't help but think of um, the line which may have been improvised when Hooper, the oceanographer, <laughs> is trying to discourage everyone from getting in the boats when they're all going out to try and all the townsfolk are going to go out and oh, kill yeah, the shark because yeah, yeah. they're trying to fit 20 people into one boat. And he's trying to ration, like, reason with them and they're ignoring him and he just sort of says so nonchalantly, meh, they're all going to die. And then just walks <laughs> off. Did you hear that? I feel like that was an improvised line. I don't know. Maybe that was brilliant. Just... Well, the most famous improvised line is the one from uh, Chief Brody that says, we're going to need a bigger yes, boat. which I actually didn't know that line, even though I hadn't seen the film. Exactly. That's, I didn't yeah. know that was from Jaws, that's but as soon as you culture. said it, I was like, yeah. oh, oh, that's what, yeah. But it was a good point because that, that boat was very rickety and flimsy. Like, how did they ever think they were going to go and, you know, kill the, the world's biggest shark with a fishing line <laughs> and a rickety boat? It seemed very foolish to me. There were so many moments, though, that, like, I think, I just watched this through a more modern lens where there's been so many things in my lifetime like around trying to understand sharks. Like a lot of people like Rodney Fox and that uh, like shark activists that are like, people, we don't need to be terrified of sharks. They don't really attack. And the shark in this is just so hyper aggressive. Like I actually <laughs> laughed out loud when it just burst through the side of the boat at one point. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what? It, it's not going to do that. It's yeah. just so dumb. But it's Hollywood. Oh, I don't know. But yeah, I, I'm with you, Liv. I think there's so many good lines in this. I think Quint gets a lot too, especially oh. when he's having a go at uh, Sexy Dreyfus. He's like looking <laughs> at his hands to see if he's like worthy to like work on the boat. And he's, <laughs> he says, city hands. Yeah. You've been counting money all your life. <laughs> counting money all your life. What even is that? And then he talks at one point, did anyone else find this strange, where Quint talks about he's seen a shark eat a rocking chair? Yeah, that was strange. Yeah. <laughs> Very what specific context? reference. <laughs> I don't know. Did he cut open a shark and there was a rocking chair in it? <laughs> or did Even he get so... a rocking chair off his boat? Maybe he was rocking on it. Who Why knows? Why is he rocking in a chair on a boat? <laughs> that seems very unsafe. This guy's pretty bold. I mean, he didn't really care. Health and safety wasn't around back then. He was yeah. also very drunk on that boat. And I just feel like that's not OHS. <laughs> Putting OHS <laughs> first. <laughs> anyway, look what happened to him. He died. That was he, shocking. He did die. Was it, everyone else surprised when he literally gets chomped in half? Yeah. Nah, I thought uh, one of them. One of them has to. I die. actually thought they were all going to die. I had no idea how it ended, so I genuinely thought these. There's no way out of this. How he's going? He's going to survive. But it was. It was a shocking scene. But the the special effects were was pretty bad. I mean, probably good for seventy five. But for now, they weren't sort of good enough for me to be that scared. I was more scared in the earlier parts of the film. The shark, when it appears, is pretty lifeless. Like, it just yeah. is just like a rubber shark they're yeah. just holding there. Like. I know. And I've been recently watching um, David Attenborough's Planet Earth, which oh, okay. is terrific. And there's a scene where he, he has footage of an actual great white shark leaping out of the ocean Ooh. to grab a seal in midair and... It's You're not helping your shark fear, are you? Like... <laughs> All I do is dwell on shark things. I think that's a thing, though. I'm, my wife is not good with flying, but loves watching air crash investigation shows. Yeah, I'm the same. The exact same. Strange. strange. Very strange. I don't know why. Strange. Maybe there's something there. There's some psychological connection there between our fears and why we want to, to understand them. it. 
Yeah, it's exposure. Exposure Can therapy. Stand the shark. Were you a kid that liked those uh, warhead lollies? Uh, I didn't like them, but I had them. Yeah, that's what I reckon. Yeah. yeah. You enjoy pain. Oh, well. <laughs> it's getting deep. <laughs> Serious question. Would the movie be better if the shark did kill them all and the shark lived and everyone hunting it died? Would that be a better ending in 2018? Live. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it would be the more ethical option. <laughs> I mean, how, that poor shark. Like I, was, I said to you earlier, my, my partner, when we were watching the film together, at the very end, when the shark was blown up, um, sh- she said, oh, that poor shark, how awful. <laughs> that was her <laughs> reaction. <laughs> I was just like, woohoo. Not they what Spielberg envisioned. No, she's like, how awful. And I thought, you know what, that is that is true, that poor shark. You know, <laughs> We are in his territory, <laughs> you know, in his waters Blowing him up. I felt a bit I the same. He, yeah. I think they deserve to die, actually. Yeah, I agree. The 2018 yeah. version should have ended that way. Yeah, I completely mm. agree. Well, the sequels, it's obviously a different shark in the sequels, but was the shark called Jaws? Was that was Jaws the nickname for the no, shark? No, they never named it, did they? No. I don't think so. It's just the shark. Well, yeah. then well then, why was it called Jaws? Well, there was a scene in, what's his name, the fisherman, the drunken fisherman? Quint. Quint's um, sort of shed where he just had collections of Jaws and uh, like fish jaws. I'll pay it. Yep. So good. maybe that's, I don't know, <laughs> that's the only reference. Speaking of sequels, I've not seen a sequel, but I was delighted to discover that the very last Jaws yeah. movie made, Jaws the Revenge. The Revenge, yes. <laughs> is apparently awful. But stars Michael Caine as the shark hunter. And I watched like a two minute supercut of, and it's just essentially him making terrible (laughs) jokes uh, during the film. We might just drop a little bit of that in for you at home. Can I say what it's about? Do you know what it's about, Dan? (laughs) The shark, uh, like that they've been dealing with the past few movies, I think. Are we still on Amity Island? Uh, I've never actually seen it, but I like was researching. The shark is out for revenge against Chief Brody's wife and child, I believe oh. it is. <laughs> oh, my God. It's very yeah. personal. It is, like, targeting them for getting rid shark. of its, like, you know, other shark. <laughs> Sharks come and go, Ellen. People have got nothing to do with it. Give it a kick in the ass. And you a one-armed piano player once. Took two minutes to play the minute was. <laughs> Maybe he had a heart attack. Too much fatty food. Humans are full of cholesterol, you know. Oh, that'll do. That is enough uh, of Michael Caine in Jaws the Revenge. But <laughs> oh is, that is Pete Caine. He knows that movie sucks. Yeah. And he's just like hamming it up. Yeah, he max. doesn't care. He's getting a paycheck. Have you seen it? No, no, I haven't seen it, but it sounds incredible. <laughs> I would love to watch it, actually. All right, any, uh, any final thoughts on this one before we jump into the scores? Um, well, I feel like I maybe jumped the gun a bit by saying I loved it. Now, on further discussion, I think it just kind of came out. Um, I think I liked it more than I thought I would like it. Um, I think I just want to sort of clarify that oh, statement. You're backtracking because... now as we actually talk about the film. And like, yeah, well, I'm sort of realizing there wasn't a lot to it. I mean, there was not really a lot of character development. I mean, sort of it was good until they went on the boat for like, you know, most of the film. It was It was good. But I'm not. I just want to retract my "I love it" statement. That's right. Retract. Redacted. Yeah. <laughs> it's got the black. The FBI black highlighter is through your love of Jaws. We'll return after these messages. All right, let's talk. What are we enjoying this week? And I'm going to throw to you, Aiden. 
30 seconds on the clock. All right. I have been enjoying, and hear me out here, Caramilk, the new chocolate from Cadbury. <laughs> now, I know what you're going to say. I know what you're going to say. It's not a pop culture thing, but this actually is. There's lots of news articles being written about this chocolate because it's been a big thing in New Zealand for about 15 years, and they've been popping up on eBay for 50 bucks a block. What? And now, what? It's, and now it's available in Australia. You oh, can get the, it down the supermarket. The bottom's fallen out of the Caramilk black market. Yeah, well, it's, it's like milk chocolate, but caramel flavoured. It's by Cadbury, and it's awesome. You should check it out. All right. Wow. I think I gave you an extra second or two there, but <laughs> nice plug for Cadbury. Yeah. Uh, Eden, uh, any recommendations for our listeners? Yes. This week, uh, I am going to recommend the 2016 video game Stellaris. I'm so glad you told me the year it was released. <laughs> well, I wanted I to make I was it... thinking 1985 <laughs> Stellaris on I'm... the NES for a second. Okay, look, look, you just chimed in. I want to make sure that that time gets back onto me there. <laughs> that time's gone. <laughs> oh, what? All right. It is a 4X grand strategy game. And it's really addictive and great. You basically just get dropped into the galaxy and you have to populate it. It's fantastic. You, say, you have to populate it? Yeah. What? It Explore, like expand, like exploit, exterminate. There's <laughs> copulation in it, but it's not like a simulator. What's a 4X grand strategy game? You always say terms I don't know in your recommendations. A 4X grand strategy game is a uh, video game that uh, deals with exploration, expanding an empire, oh, no. exploiting other empires, and then exterminating those empires. Oh, boy. Yeah. It's like a... Stop you know, talking, please. It's like a 20-hour game. It's amazing. Liv, uh, what are you? into recently. Please Uh, save us. I I have been loving the show Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. That is a wicked show. I don't know if that's already been recommended here. No, it hasn't. It is hilarious. So Jerry Seinfeld basically uh, just gets in a car and uh, meets up with a funny person who's a famous comedian and has a coffee. And it's pretty good. (laughs) What's your favourite episode so far? There was one where he interviewed Barack Obama and that was pretty amazing. He's a funny guy. And And it used to only be online on websites and stuff. Yeah, it's like a web series. It's on Netflix now. There's like Series. Now it's on Netflix, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. But it's just old ones, am I right, on Netflix? Th- or are I they making new, new content I now? Think, I think yes. there's four seasons. Newies. Yep. They're, they're old and new. The, all, the, all the back catalogue's being added, uh. and there's now a contract with Netflix to add more. Netflix because... is like the home of Jerry these days. Yeah. There's a lot of Jerry content. Well, who is watching Crackle? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> it still exists. I checked. Really? When comedians <laughs> came on Netflix, I was like, I wonder if Crackle's dead. Yeah. And it's still there. Oh. It's still got like three movies you can watch. Well, Netflix kind of have this trend of doing this where they almost buy a comedian. They buy everything that person does. So Adam Sandler, they did that a little while ago, much to Dan's (laughs) disgust. Um, And they've done it with Jerry. They've done it with many people. They sort of buy a person and then they add everything. Any recommendations from you this week, Dan? Yeah, my recommendation is uh, an album called Milano by Daniel Lupi. I think that's how you say his name, or Lupi. Uh, Italian composer who has uh, partnered with uh, Parquet, Parquet? You know, parquetry, parquet courts, the band. I don't know how you say the name. Yeah, and stroke. Karen O right. from the Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs. <laughs> and it's a concept album about Milan in the 1980s that he has written with parquet courts. This sounds uh, very wanky, parquet Dan. Courts. No, I know yeah. it sounds wanky, but it's... Thank uh, you. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, sure you can't thing, have a go at slit, slut, bitch face, <laughs> Norwegian <laughs> punk band lover. Are we... Hey. No, it's really good. If you like Parky Courts or you like Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs, give it a listen. And uh, it's very cool. Albatross flying again after 20 years in a cage. 
passes overseas, brings a ghost to its knees, feathers flocking into words on a page. Now I've had faith, but I'm all right. Well, let's jump into the scores. Category number one, the iPhone test. Aiden, out of five, what's this for you? One. It had me at moments, but it was just too slow. Couldn't do it. I can't do old films. Yeah. I feel like we need to do a bit more 90s stuff. You say that all the time. You, <laughs> you know what you signed up for here, right? Like, <laughs> we're going to do a fair bit of old cinema. I know, I know. Uh, so it's a one from Aiden, Eden. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be a three from me. It definitely doesn't keep me hooked the whole way through, but I do love 70s movies. I haven't got the softer spot for them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Liv, for you, compelling, not compelling? Yeah, I'm going to give it a three as well. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was suspenseful at times. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there, there's definite dull patches. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm giving it two and a half. You you can't if you watch this without looking at your iPhone you uh you have the concentration of a owl you probably haven't seen a movie after nineteen seventy five I couldn't think how to finish the simile concentration of a shark surely <laughs> do sharks have concentration well, he was concentrating they do on enjoy the revenge <laughs> all right our next category is pop cultural significance having seen Jules do you feel richer for it Aiden I think you have to give this a five. Oh, okay, five. It, like, everyone knows, if you haven't seen the film or not, you know that, Durnip, Durnip, mm-hmm. Durnip, like that's associated with sharks. And he pretty much invented the iconic orchestral soundtrack. Like, I don't think there were many films before this were, were known. With orchestra soundtracks? No, I, like, I mean, as in, like, as in there was lots of films with music in them, obviously, but this one was like, known for its music and it was not a musical. It's one of the most famous yeah. bits of Hollywood soundtrack, surely. It's, yeah, it's like be. sort of it's up there with Psycho, right? Like the yoop, yoop, yoop bit oh, yeah, <laughs> in the yeah, shower, yeah. 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 Uh, so for you, Eden, it's a it's a five. It's gonna be a five for me. I think, you know, it, it uh, pfft, you know uh, we're no, gonna need no, a big no. we're gonna need a bigger boat. <laughs> no, I'm sorry, I don't know what <laughs> means. It's weird that you two agree on anything. I, I have know. To say. I'm I'm Enjoy that moment. Liv, for you? Yeah, I'm going to say five for cultural oh. significance. I feel much more culturally aware nice. having watched it and still equally afraid of sharks. <laughs> I'm going to say three because mm. I think, and we've raised this argument before, I think you can basically know everything about this film without watching it. Watching it doesn't really give me much more information than I already had when I hadn't seen it from Go To Woe. I knew the music. I knew it was about a shark attack. You know, I knew it was a big early Spielberg. So you cannot really watch this and still have a pretty good Jaws vibe. Whereas, say, The Shining, like, without really seeing The Shining, I don't think you can get a full grasp on what it's really about. Whereas this one's a bit... You can absorb this pop culturally without having to watch it. So, yeah, I think it's hugely significant. But in terms of, like how much it's enriched me, probably not much more than I already had from just osmosis. No, you're wrong, but let's move on. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> next category is returnability. Aiden. Um, zero. Oh, nah. tough. I'm not watching those sequels. I'm not watching this again. Not going to happen. All right. Zero. Mm. Eden. Uh, 
two. <laughs> I'd seen it once, and I love it. I think it's a great movie, but I'm not itching to see it again. <laughs> Liv? Yeah, probably one. I don't think I need to see it again. Do you think uh, it's enhanced or lessened your shark fear? Um, oh, gee, that's a good question. I want you to picture I'd... yourself in the ocean right now. Yeah. <laughs> it was already quite high, so I think it's probably just maintained it. Um, <laughs> Maintenance. Yeah. Although there was one fact in the film I forgot to mention earlier. They, I don't know if it's correct or not, but oceanographer guy said that most shark attacks happen in three foot deep water, 10 metres from shore. Your perfect... Oh, no, three that's foot's very th- deep. Th- Three foot? No, it's not. That's like waist deep. Oh, that's hard. That's, that's where you like to stand yeah, in the water. Yeah, so I think I need to go earlier. knee deep. I've got to start. I've got to reduce to or knee go deep. Go deeper. Well, that's true. Then they'll get me before go I even. Four and get a half. Ooh, I'm going to keep it in the shallows. <laughs> All right, uh, returnability. Yeah, I'm going to throw it a one and a half. I'm interested in this Michael Caine sequel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Without the Michael Caine sequel, I might drop a point off there, but uh, yeah, it's not something I'll race back to see. All right, uh, partner friendliness, Aiden. Good uh, date night movie? Uh, I don't think Leah would hate it. Uh, I actually think it... it uh, two. Side note. I actually think she'd probably enjoy it more than me. And Aiden, I know you're, you've been thinking about this. Do we need to return this category to its roots where we're not assessing it via our, our partners, actual partners, yeah. but via the general notion of it being a date night movie? I feel like someone's finally listening to me. Yes, yes, <laughs> I feel that's what it needs to be. All right, let's do that then. Let's do it. We're, we're back. We're back to date night friendliness. Well, I think in the 1970s, it's an awesome date night film. Yeah. Partner gets a little bit scared, cuddles up to you. I've used the tactic many times in the past. Unfortunately, this film does not hold that in but 2018. In most scary movies, you're cuddling your wife and not vice versa, right? There's cuddling happening. That's the important message. <laughs> so I'm probably hitting it with a one. It's boring. It's boring. All right. Partner friendly for a date. Yeah, I'm going to go two. I think you can get some enjoyment out of it, even if it's just laughing at it, especially if we're watching it now. Maybe. You know, you yeah. get a little bit of that. Did you watch it with Kirsty this I'd, time around? Yeah, I did. What do you? What would you gauge her enjoyment Oh, she at? loved it. She thinks it's like sort of same vibe as me. Like, we love those kinds of movies. We would the whole way through riffing on all of the stupid tropes that are all the way in. Like, there's just so many times when someone's, you know, like, the, the mayor does the whole, like, no, you know, we're not closing down the beaches. It's like, you can just, oh, it's, it's stupid. <laughs> Liv? Oh, look, if someone took me on oh, a date. Oh, did you give it a score? Two. Two. Sorry, yeah. Liv. If someone took me on a date to see this in 1975, I would have probably dumped them immediately because <laughs> I would have been too afraid. But these days, date night on the couch, yeah, it'd be two. It's all right. Yeah, it's not a great one. Like, if this is the first movie you make the uh, the person watch with you, you're probably not getting another chance, right? Like, that's your one and done. Oh, yeah, yeah. not for fir- first date. No, yeah, no it's way. not first it's date. It's a well-established relationship movie when you've just got nothing else to watch on Netflix. Yeah. And it's been sitting there for three years on your list. And you're like, <laughs> I think this is famous. Let's watch it. Let's let's be, you know, cultured. I'll, I'll give it a one. I think uh, it's probably not a great date night film. All right, well, let's have a short break there while we tally up the scores. After these messages, we'll be right back. All right, so, Liv, uh, when we get people in, uh, 
you are obviously talking to us about a film you've watched for the first time. We'd like to know about something that you have watched or listened to a bunch of times, like your absolute pop cultural go-to. Okay, my go-to TV show would have to be Seinfeld. It's the thing that I find myself watching when it's late at night and I can't sleep. That really happens. And you're all out of comedians in cars. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, Jerry Seinfeld's interviewed every other comedian. No, it's just the most classic show. It never never fails to make me laugh. Rank rank the characters in order from best to worst. Just the four main ones. Elaine is definitely my favourite. George Costanza. (laughs) Second. Kramer, then Jerry. They're all backwards. They're all great. What? What? what are you, crazy? What? Jerry, number <laughs> is one. Is Jerry your favourite? <laughs> what? I would say Kramer best, then Jerry, then George. Mm. Oh, no. no. George has got to be And Elaine doesn't even there. need to be on the show. No. As far as oh! As far as Game over, it's man. 2018, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I love um, her. She's amazing. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Uh, Jerry's definitely the number four. Like he, need, he's the he's the he's like great. straight man. He's fantastic, but he's not yeah. your favorite character. Yeah. All right, whatever. Hey, Liv, what do you think of the B movie? <laughs> I haven't seen it. You're kidding? Oh. I thought you were the uh, number one Jerry Seinfeld fan. Well, it may seem that way, but obviously not. <laughs> is he is he the voice of the bee? He wrote the cartoon oh, and wow. he directed and he voices. Adding it to the list. Isn't it terrible? I've never seen it, but it is terrible, isn't it's it? It's okay. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. It. Mm. okay. It's just a kid's movie. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of like, what's the deal with honey? <laughs> Before we uh, get back to the Jaws pod, tell me, uh, Liv, favourite episode mm. top of your head what comes to mind oh, if you had God. to watch one and you're in a bad mood what would it be what was it? oh no i can't i can't answer that i, I just think of <laughs> scenes I just, all right tell me your favorite what's think, favorite scene and now i feel like i feel like i, I like elaine too much but elaine yeah. dancing is just the best oh yeah it's a great i mean idea. but you guys hate elaine so no, no, I, I love I elaine. Aiden. no i'm okay. the only sexist right. one have on you watched veep i love veep yeah veep there is you hilarious. go she's amazing yeah, great show all right. um, what about the new adventures of the old Christine? <laughs> the old Christine. Skip that one. <laughs> well, that's in there with B-movie and like, regrettables yeah. post Seinfeld yeah. career moves. Kramer had a detective show, didn't he? Oh. Anyway, he's a, he's a racist now, so we don't talk about him. <laughs> Let's move on. All right, we're back with the scores. It's a fairly middle-of-the-road score here of 28.5. Putting it a point below Rambo, a little bit ahead of Blade Runner, you know, so fairly average <laughs> returns <laughs> for Jaws tonight. Uh, Eden, I wanted to give you a little bit of feedback. Oh. We haven't, um, I haven't been on the podcast for a little while, and while I was visiting home uh, over the summer, uh, I had a friend who's a loyal listener of the podcast. Yeah come up to me and she's like, I've been loving the podcast. It's so good. Eden's by far my favorite. <laughs> and I was like, what? And she's like, yeah, look, I know, you know, we're friends, but Eden is much better on that podcast than you. I always relate to the things that he suggests. He's always the most funny. I think you've got a fangirl. Oh, I'm very excited. <laughs> yeah. So, What's um, this person's name? Can I say hello? You can say hello to Jane. Sure. Hi, Jane. Thanks for uh, agreeing with... Just cause. I just the the (laughs) smart person. The one who is right, I say. (laughs) I immediately regret giving you that feedback. Hey Jane, you should check out this computer game I've been playing, right? (laughs) It's really good. How many X's in it, Eden? (laughs) There's four X. (laughs) 
It sounds like a porno game. It really does. All right. Well, uh, speaking of which, to finish the podcast tonight, as we walked into the studio tonight, we found uh, Mills and Boons Off Limits by Australian author Claire Connolly. Surely a pseudonym. Like, surely no one writes a Mills and Boons under their actual name. Liv, I thought you might give us a little Mills and Boons reading just to take us out tonight. If you can start here at I Grin... uh, Oh and uh, just keep reading until we uh, feel we like we've had enough. Line? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I grin as he plays. <laughs> Sorry. I grin as he. Pl- I can't do it. <laughs> as he places one in each cup. What? <laughs> Your turn. Oh, we're passing around. All right. Sentence each. The cherry on top. He explains unnecessarily, and my heart turns over in my chest at this gesture that is at once both sexy. And sweet. (laughs) Sexy, because how can I ever see a cherry as just a cherry again? And sweet, because it's our thing. We have a thing. He digs a spoon into the ice cream and brings it to my lips. I taste it. You've read way more than but, one sentence. You're into this. You're deep in. But not as deep as this woman. I, I might pass on to Eden. I taste it. But as on that first night with our first kiss, his mouth is on mine immediately. His tongue tasting me. Even as I taste the ice cream. Dessert is forgotten. His kiss is unlike anything I've felt with him. It's soft, tender, gentle. Aiden, you got a bit forceful there. <laughs> got a bit aggressive. Hey, that's... <laughs> Bring it home, Liv. Finish it off. Complete the circle. Uh, from He Breathes. <laughs> oh, my God. He breathes in as though he's inhaling me, and I do the same. <laughs> Smiling against his lips. Despite everything we've shared, it feels like the most intimate we've ever been, as if we're connected on every level. <laughs> I feel uncomfortable. Well, there we go. I might take that book with us and make that a regular. We'll, we'll continue the story of the Cherry Lovers on our next podcast with advertiser, journalist, editor Greg Barilla, who will be watching with us perhaps the first and only McDonald's produced movie. Anyone know what I'm what? talking about? Supersize Me? Not supersized, but I don't think McDonald's had a hand in the making of that one. McDonald's produced movie? The founder. No. I don't think they were too happy about the founder, to be honest. (laughs) The movie is called Mac and Me from the 1980s, and it is a complete ripoff of E.T. So in the meantime, uh, if you want to look up uh, Mac and Me trailer on YouTube, listeners, you'll be well-versed for what's to come on our next podcast. Thank you for joining us, Liv. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening. Goodbye. If you think there's a shortage of family fare on video, never fear, because Mac and Me is here. When an alien family takes an unexpected trip to Earth, little Mac is all alone until he finds a new family. It's Eric's friend, Ma, the one he's been trying to tell us about. They caught him in a vacuum. The government wants to catch you, Mac. It's here. So it's up to Eric to save his little alien buddy. I won't let anybody hurt you. Mac and me. There he is! A movie where you can enjoy the thrill of an escape.
or the tender warmth of a family reunion unlike any you have ever seen. Night and Green. You're sure to fall for the movie that tells the sweet story of a boy and his friend coming to video stores from Orion Home Videos.